Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 145. I'm your host, Joshua J. Moskers, joined by a special guest this week, CJ Peterson. Thank you for being here. Josh, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to have you here. An author. Why don't you, you tell people a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm CJ Peterson. I live in Northwest Arkansas above the Ozark Mountains. A lot of people hear Arkansas, they don't think mountains, but it's a really beautiful area of the country. Definitely a hidden gem. Um, I'm married to, I know it's kind of cliche to say, but my best friend of all time. And I have a crazy golden retriever named Louie. And I'm a writer. Nice. Yeah, dog guy for sure. And uh, I'm a writer, which is why I'm... uh, kind of here i also like the conversation element too but um <laughs> my my book my first book is is uh, is out so here we are and josh before we dive a little deeper this is actually the first podcast i've done uh for my book so thanks nice. especially for that too i'm happy to be here awesome i can really set the tone here it's all up to me yeah it's all <laughs> everything everything rides on you now you've stepped into my on. arena yeah <laughs> there we are yeah <laughs> Uh, I I like you mentioned like uh, the cliche of being married to your best friend. I like the uh, idea of the inverse of that, where being married to like your mortal enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm married. I despise her. Uh, when they pulled yeah. the gun on me the first time, I knew this is the one. <laughs> they they yeah. threatened to run me off the road in a road rage incident. So. Yeah, I called their bluff <laughs> and they shot a warning shot in my. Uh... <laughs> they shot a warning shot through my knee. It's like, oh, yeah. Marriage uh, is great. Knees not so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, happy to have you here. Happy to uh, give you a, hopefully a positive first podcast experience. For sure. Try to make it as welcoming as possible. So yeah, why, before we dive really too far into anything, why don't you tell people about your uh, your book and what it's all about and everything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So my book is called In the Sight of Sound. It is my debut novel. Um, I started it September 2020, um, and <laughs> it's been a long time coming because uh, I wanted to write a book since I was a little boy, and one of those things where it was just kind of like, I'll put it off, or I'll start it and then never come back to it. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky that, um, you know, for one, it's out. That's a, that's a huge uh, landmark in my life, a huge achievement in my life. But also, it's a book that I'm really proud of. So In the Sight of Sound is... Uh, briefly, the plot is um, the book starts three months into a black hole appearing above the Earth's sky, um, but it's not causing any kind of death or any kind of change on Earth. It's just kind of there. And uh, obviously, <laughs> people are freaking out. Like, you know, not supposed to be there. Um, where, be a little concerning. Yeah, just a little concerning. Um, and this is where you meet the lead character, James Maddox, who's an FBI agent who um, is attending Carnegie Hall at a sold-out performance of a very famous blind composer's very last show. His name is Sergio Francis. And while James is in this Carnegie Hall uh, performance, he hears a very familiar sound coming from the stage, and he realizes that the music that Sergio is playing matches radio signals coming out of the black hole. So the, the book is about figuring out where Sergio fits into this and if it's a coincidence or if he kind of holds the key into saving the world. And that's in the sight of sound. Nice. Summarized, of course. 
Yeah. That is the entire story, right? Yeah, there. that's I just read it. <laughs> Crap. It's gonna be hard to get some sales now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, rats. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I guess the the first thing I'll ask is how did you get into writing in general? Like what what got you into it? Not yeah. the book in particular, but just writing as a whole. Just in general, you sure, yeah. Well, it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. Um, I was a super creative kid. Um, I mean, as far, far, far back as I remember, some of my first memories were watching movies and then acting them out in my backyard um, in, in full. And it's just kind of that imagination uh, needing an outlet. So I started writing at a super young age. It wasn't anything serious, obviously. It was just kind of like mm-hmm. for fun or just kind of stories I came up with or characters. And as I got a little older, I wanted to uh, pursue journalism, uh, wanted to go to college for, you know, I wanted to be one of these guys uh, covering really uh, hot topics or not, maybe not hot topics, but really like important things, you know, and, and then I realized I hated school, so <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, but it, writing's always stuck with me. Again, nothing serious at all. Um But it's just kind of it it, it started out as an outlet for me to kind of release these these creative things flowing through me. And it's something that I've carried with me my my whole life. Nice. We actually had a a writer, a comedy show writer on last week, uh, Frankie Campisano. And uh, I talked to him a little bit about like harnessing like uh, like writing and just creativity in general. We we had mentioned, and I I had very similar experiences to him, where uh, like uh, coming up with different narratives and like canon for like childhood games, like you're playing with action figures sure. and you're explaining why you know like <laughs> Batman is is fighting alongside the Ninja Turtles and they're yeah. fighting like the Transformers or something like it. Absolutely, from the outside looking in, it makes no sense, but it's like, oh no, the canon is all here. This is yeah, completely within the realm of what <laughs> I've created. For sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's something. It's something I did too. You you have all these characters in front of you. You know, action figures is your example, and it's definitely something I did as a kid with those exact characters too, um, for the most part. And it was kind of like, okay, I have all these. Now what? And it's kind of like your job to fill in the blank. So definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's side question too. Did was there? I know, like I I do a lot of writing now. Um, did you ever write like a, not necessarily a complete story, but like, did you ever write a story and then you just kind of were like, all right, I've done this. I don't really want anyone to read this, but this is for me. Like that sort of thing. Do you have a lot of like stories like that? Cause I know I have experience with that. I don't actually, I mean, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that that's actually kind of the, uh, not the popular answer. I would imagine that most writers have way more that they haven't released than they have released. Um, but no, I actually, uh, I mean, there's, there's, well, actually now that I think about it, I mean, like, yeah, I've been writing since I was a little kid, you know, and Mm -hmm. I didn't release those, but, um, it's more so not like a full fledged story. Um, I mean, I'm not like sitting on an unreleased book or anything that I wrote just to Mm -hmm. see if I could do or explore an idea that I wasn't happy with. Um, in the sight of sound is really, my very first time doing a full-fledged story and also a release. So, uh, yeah, but also no. (laughs) (laughs) 
I only bring it up because like I know like I when I was in middle school and I mentioned this last week, so people are gonna hate me for bringing it up two episodes in a row. <laughs> but, like I wrote a whole. St- I I know I have it somewhere in my office here. I don't. I I thought to find it last night, and uh, I never got around to it. But like I wrote like a full like. 80,000 page, like 80,000, not 80,000, 80,000 word, <laughs> like 120 page, like wow. book, essentially when I was in like fifth grade. And I remember like writing it when I'm in my uh, uh, like study hall. And then we went on vacation to visit some family. So we weren't out doing a whole lot, but we were just there visiting. And it's like rainy and I'm just sitting in the living room while they're like doing whatever, reading or whatever. And I'm just writing and writing and writing the entire time. And, uh, it was interesting. Like, I I still have that, but it was, it's like something where I'm like, this is like a f- what would I have been 12, 13, I guess in fifth grade, twelve, and right. it's like this is a twelve year old's writing. This is horrendous. <laughs> well, is it a story you're you you're passionate about? I mean, it, at the at the I guess at, at the, the time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was I'm one saying, of those things you know, where it's not something you would want to revisit now and, and remake. I mean, it's something I guess I could. I'd have to really start from the beginning and go back to and really sure. clean it up and polish it <laughs> fix a lot of huge plot points and just the style yeah. of it yeah it, i could sure. take the uh the skeleton of it i guess is what you'd say yeah you know um, my my book actually starts with i write a little little like an author preface and uh i write about how i started my first book when i was eight years old and mm-hmm. I only got a couple pages in though, but it was <laughs> it's similar to what you just said because mm-hmm. I spent like weeks preparing and getting documentation <laughs> and stuff. I was eight and it was an autobiography. <laughs> and <laughs> and I remember I was writing it and I was like, wait a minute. What oh, who's gonna read? <laughs> who's gonna read this? Um uh-huh. you know, part of me now as an adult, I'm I'm thirty next year. I wish I did finish it because it could be like a real like look into my life when I was eight. It, obviously, I would never like release it, but it would have been awesome to look back and been like, "What is eight year old CJ? What was he? What was he thinking of? You know, what was he all about?" But yeah, no, I, it's funny you mentioned that because I literally I mentioned that at the very start of my book. You know, just kind of inter- my introduction. But um, yeah, I was very. Uh, driven to do that as well but luckily i came to my senses (laughs) (laughs) it's it's weird it's i don't know explain it's weird like going back to like old stuff like that and uh being like wow this is this is what i was interested at the time this is like the ideas i was coming up with is like being innovative and creative and things like that Uh, yeah for sure i forget what it was when i was in second grade my friend and i uh, she and I were writing a, like a short story essentially together. I can't remember anything about it. I just remember it being like we <laughs> we were writing it, and I was like, "Okay, got it. We're gonna I'll make I'll make copies of this, and we'll sell it for like two dollars." <laughs> You're glad, yeah. And I remember my grandmother taking me to where she worked and fo- making like I don't know fifteen photocopies of it. Sure. And we I I remember I went back to her house. I organized everything, and uh, I. I forget if I stapled it together. I forget what I did. I'm sure it was probably stapled. And we stapled it together. And then I took it to school the next day. And we distributed it to like our friends and stuff. I remember my friend's mom. She came over and bought one of them. And I was like, <laughs> this is great. And like looking back, I'm like, that was like, what was I doing? It was cool, I guess. Fun that I was writing with other people. But man, <laughs> yeah, was... right, right. No, I think that's cool. I would have yeah. bought one too. 
not because I don't, not, not out, of, out of like pity, but like, <laughs> like I, th- <laughs> I have I, no it, memory of what it was about at oh all. Oh gosh, that should scare you more than, than the thought of, of you doing it. I can't even imagine, like, I was no in idea. second grade, it was either second or third grade, I, and it's like, I don't even remember what I was into at the time. <laughs> I was probably it playing was probably, like Pokemon games on like my Game Boy Color or something, I don't yeah. even know. I was gonna say it was probably your canon for your uh, why Superman or why Batman's fighting on <laughs> <the> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't remember. It, that'd be interesting. I definitely don't have any of that, any of those lying around. That'd be really I, interesting if I could find someone that had a copy of that. That'd be hilarious. Oh, that'd be awesome. I, I imagine if I I don't know that I'd want to read it. I'd right. Be like, this is this <laughs> is so cringe. Like, yeah, this yeah. is killing me. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I actually think Batman and Ninja Turtles teamed up. Uh, during a movie so wow it could be the ninja turtles are like marvel or dc or something right yeah i've been yeah i have no idea i think they're marvel because i think i remember someone mentioning before that it was like (laughs) the toxic chemicals that blind daredevils leak down into the sewer and those are the ones that make them into the ninja turtles oh wow or something i could be completely wrong about that that's just i think that's something that sounds good let's roll with it (laughs) yeah i Um, I've read somewhere before too, getting back to the writing part. uh, One of the things I saw that helps when trying to get a book published or draw interest into it is to have like a free sample of not just the, not necessarily the book, but just your writing in general. Uh, Like an example being, let's say I'm putting out a book and I want to get people interested in my style of writing. I might have like a short story or something Mm -hmm. and I just release that for free. Have you heard anything of this nature as like advice or something like that? Or well, sure. about your experience? Sure, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> I'm going the um, self-publishing route. Um, so mm-hmm. it would be more so instead of, you know, getting it, attempting to get it published, it would be more so just people, you know, buying the, the book. Yeah. But um, yeah, I actually, in the site of sound.com, I, uh, there's, there should be a video up uh, and it's actually me reading the first chapter in its entirety. Um, which is kind of similar to what you're saying, but, um, yeah, no, I definitely want people to get, because, you know, the name CJ Peterson doesn't have any kind of value, like Stephen King, for example, you know, somebody's not going to just buy my book. You need my to write like 800 it. more books. First. Yeah. Yeah. 800 <laughs> to 3000 more this year. Cause he uh, coughs them out that quick, but, um, Correct, right. So, like, because my name doesn't have any weight to it, um, I need to entice them because, especially being a self-publisher, I, you know, anybody anybody can self-publish. That's the whole point of, you know, that's the whole the, the whole reason behind the name. You do it yourself, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, writers of all quality can self-publish, which I think is great. I would have, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been really cool to to have an avenue um, to to release art um, so easily when i was younger um and now it's super easy anybody can do it and literally i mean just a couple clicks and formatting but because of that also um self-publishing i've realized during my process of creating this book and especially during the 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 release process of it is self-publishing has a lot of uh negativity attached to it because Hmm. a lot of the times people from what i've what i've seen and read a lot of times people think oh well you're only self-publishing because you it's not good enough to publish and and i've seen that time and time again um so i wanted to make i wanted to make that video to be like well i mean you know here's a here's here's the first chapter 
like it or love it or, or hate it, <laughs> like it or love it. Those are your only two options. <laughs> hate it, hate it or love it. You will like it or you yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. Those are your two options, uh, you know, and you make the next decision. But yeah, I, I did want to do that for sure. So people understand that like, yeah, I'm self-published, but here's the first chapter. It's up to you to decide if it's quality. Um, so you don't have to go in kind of, you know, with that, with that mentality of, uh, am I about to lose money or am I going to like this book? Yeah. Yeah. It's so. interesting. Like I, I've have like short stories I've written that I've never done anything with. I don't know why, but yeah. like I, like I, I think I have two. I don't remember if I, I have one of them outlined at least. I know I wrote the one, but like I have stuff like that where it's like a different projects I've written and done stuff with, but I've never either fully fleshed out in a full long, like full length projects or I'm just like, all right, maybe I'll revisit this another time. Sure. But then I have like other projects that I work on, like writing wise, where it's like full on fantasy worlds and, and things like that, <laughs> where I'm like, I've spent awesome. so much time. Like we had, a, I, I literally hired, excuse me. I hired a guy to create the map for me. Like yeah. the entire the world. Sure. And like, I designed it, laid it out myself. I just wanted one that I could, that was like more like artsy sure. as opposed to me doing a quick Photoshop sure. one. I'm like, I'm not a professional artist. I can, I can get by briefly, but I'm not, not high tier. I was like, here, here it is. This is all the detailed information. <laughs> I want the map. So I, I made the map and I was like, cool. And, uh, and I was like, all right, now I need to populate this. I literally came up with like, you know, the terrain, the geography, wow. like, and like I went way in depth with it. And I'm like, all right, now what I'm going to do. And like, that's kind of where I'm at now. Like I have all the, it's a matter of placing the characters, coming up with the stories and stuff. And I'm like, all right, maybe this is finally a project I can go like full head in on. That's, and, uh, that's great. You should, you absolutely should. I mean, you've done, a, it sounds like quite a bit anyways. Did you ever have that moment where like when you were writing where you're like, it clicks and you're able to just, it just kind of takes off. Like you're, you're writing page after page after page. Sure. Yeah. So before I actually wrote, in the, you know, the first sentence of the book, I had a whole outline of, mm. you know, kind of like literally a breakdown of each chapter, a high level of this happens and this happens and this happens and this, you know, kind of like a bullet point for me to stay on track. So basically I created the outline and then all my job was is to just fill in the gap. Um, I did yeah. that because uh, I never, I've never written a book until this, like I mentioned, and um, I was really afraid of writer's block. It was something I was terrified of. Um, yeah. And I figured if I did this, then it would allow me to keep, keep moving forward and know what comes next and how to connect them. Um, and it worked, but um, in that in between I'm mentioning, you know, the, the, I kind of have to make up from this point to this point. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, there's, there's points in the book where um, there's, there's little mention. I mean, obviously without giving anything away, there's little mention of something uh, a few times where it's like, oh, that's a neat idea. And I keep expanding on that idea. And then all of a sudden I'm six pages in on something that wasn't originally planned. And it, you know, actually my, my favorite part of the whole book happened unplanned. Um, and it was a little a little side avenue I was going down writing. And I was like, this is a neat idea. I'm going to keep doing this. And it turned out to literally be my favorite portion of the book. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really good feeling. I mean, you you feel it. I mean, it's 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 a it's a bit of a of a rush. 
that's what happened to me. I forget if it was episode 100 or something of the podcast. Like if you've read the descriptions of the podcast, it it's its own story. Like it's it it's part of it's part of the fantasy world I came up with, but it's not any of the uh oh, like okay. the characters I plan on using. And uh well originally it was based on my co-host and I. And then I was like, all right, it, now it if you go back to episode one, it's the most basic bland descriptions possible. And it slowly <laughs> sure. became more and more. By episode oh man, I'm I might have to pull this up and see what I think it's episode 100, where uh, it's literally like seven paragraphs. (laughs) It gets out of hand so much where I was just like, all right, I want to have like more, you know, it's episode 100. I got to have like something more exciting. Yeah, sure. sure. And uh, it just got so out of hand. Uh, Yeah. Good for SEO. (laughs) That was that was one of the ones where I remember my my co-host Kyle at the time was just like, you need to stop. Six, seven, eight, all right, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve paragraphs. Wow. Not that they're incredibly long, but it, sure. I was like, okay, this should be uh, one or two. <laughs> sure, yeah. It's That's but it's awesome. weird. Like it's it's interesting to me. Like that helps get out some of my like uh, creativity, like my writing. Like yeah, it gives me sure. that that fix. <laughs> sure. So dead gesture productions is a reference to kind of this ongoing that was so that came around before the fantasy world and everything like i i don't remember how i came up with that name i have no it's this i'd be the worst like (laughs) let's say whatever somehow this this our whole thing blows up and it's you know it's popular enough and somebody asked me how'd you come up with the name i'd be like no idea it's the most boring (laughs) response (laughs) i have no memory of it yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but like we had the couple of the posters that were made where it's like more fantasy style versions of ourselves and then a jester like the artist actually came up with the actual jester full body and everything like that, which then I repurposed in the new post that we had made like it it's fleshed itself out, which is pretty cool. And yeah. it's worked in like the artwork works in some of the creatures and designs mentioned in a lot of the descriptions, which I was really, really happy with. That's but, great. Sounds like you found a good artist then. Yeah, yeah. It, well, the first one took like six months, which I was, was not the original time frame. Sure. I was a little frustrated. But the second one was way faster. But That's very happy good. with the the end product. Sure. Yeah, it was one of those things where like getting into the descriptions has been super fun to like flesh it out a bit, and also challenging because I can't include dialogue in a podcast description. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. I'm relegated to like it. It's like, all right, this character is doing this or whatever, but I need to like make it succinct enough that it it's a self-contained thing for that description while also conveying like some sense of story development. Sure. Yeah, I can see I can see how that's definitely <laughs> creative. That's that's interesting. I've never seen that before. Do you also do you also um find creative enjoyment by doing this podcast, just the actual interview process? For sure. Yeah, it's yeah. part of it is like I like talking to people. I like meeting new people and, you know, diff- a lot of like a lot of variety of people, you know, all the, you know, different writers, you know, YouTubers, Twitch streamers, other podcasters, you know, uh, yeah, film producers, things like that. Musicians, you know, it, we've had such a variety of people. It's been a yeah, real joy. To, right. Episode one. Yeah. So yeah, have I you had a guest on every episode. Not all of them. No. Uh, most of them, yes. That's uh, great. There, there's been 
at most five episodes where it was just myself. And that was during times when, you know, we, uh, you know, co-host couldn't make it and the guests happened to not be able to make it at the same oh, time. And I had man. to just cover. Show must go so, on though. <laughs> yeah. I, this is the one project where I refuse to give in to not putting it out on time. Mm, where it's good. every Wednesday, it's coming out one way or another. And uh, I've made that happen great. for 145 weeks now. <laughs> so I'm definitely that's not really, stopping soon. That's great to hear. That's really cool. Uh, Cause because I mean I don't know the statistics behind this, but I'm imagining oh, I forget that what it is. I think it's like 95 percent of podcasts don't make it past episode 10. Really, I was gonna say episode 10 was was probably the limit. That was just ballparking, but I totally believe that 95 statistic. I mean 145 is definitely. I I could be completely off. Uh, okay, so I was off by a bit. I knew it was like some larger amount. 64 uh, percent of podcasts have fewer than 10 episodes. That's still quite a bit, though. I mean, that's yeah. that's a high number. Um, uh, so 145. What is there a the, number for over 100? Let's see here. The oh, well, I it did the thing where I typed it in on Google, and like oh, it, oh. the description is way <laughs> yeah, easier yeah, yeah. to read. And I clicked through to the actual web page, and it's way more complicated and convoluted. <laughs> so it yeah, said uh, sure. fifth. This one says 56 percent of podcasts have 10 episodes or fewer. And 17% had 50 episodes or more. Mm. The mean number of episodes was 30.1. Wow. There's so many different... I don't know how accurate any of this is, (laughs) if I'm being honest. now, Because I'm seeing other ones that say 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three. Well, whatever the statistic is, 145 is still impressive. (laughs) So that's that's definitely great. It's also great that you have it to where your mentality is like, it's coming out regardless, you know, uh, do or die. So that's really cool. I love that. Yeah. It's like I said, it's, I didn't know how long it was going to last. <laughs> I've had two other, two other shows I've done previously, uh, podcasts that were, th- there were ones where I did them when I was in like high school. Sure. So even looking back, I'm like, of course this was never going to be a long-term thing. <laughs> uh, sure. one of them, one of them was a startup one where it just kind of fell apart. Coast and I just were like, all right, yeah, we didn't have any animosity, but it was just like, all right, we've just kind of stopped talking as much. It's not working out, whatever. Sure. Another one was a yearly one where we literally put out one episode a year. Oh, so wow. I don't know if you'd call the podcast <laughs> really. It was we literally covered E3, like the entertainment expo. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my friend and I were just like, yeah, we're going to cover this every year. It's going to be like a two hour long thing. And uh, we did it for like five years in a row. Oh, that's pretty good, though. And I, I was mean, like, okay. In hindsight, it's We're only five, five episodes, years but... strong. How many yeah, podcasts yeah. <laughs> last five years? <laughs> use... <laughs> Is that in any potential marketing? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's been interesting, like the variety of things we've been able to do with it. So it's, I don't know, it's been a blast. Yeah, that's uh, awesome, man. I was going to ask your like experience with actually publishing the book. Like, Is there anything you learned through the process of that and kind of the process of figuring out how to do it? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, (laughs) yeah, the, the process, um, honestly, I mean, I, I start, you know, I mentioned I started the book in 2020, so my memory may not be a hundred percent, but I feel like I'm putting way more work on this part of it than the actual writing part. Um, (laughs) as far as, you know, how much research I had to do or how much, uh, kind of self marketing plans I had to do. Mm Um, but no, I absolutely learn. you know, it's, it's a conversation you have to have when, unless you're like dead set on an answer, you have to figure out what's best for you in anything. Um, if yeah. you're not, if you're not sure. So, 
yeah, definitely. I wrote the book. I finished it. I edited it. It was ready to go. And then it was the question of, okay, now what do I do with it? It's just a Word document. So I had to do a lot of hours of research into self-publishing versus traditional publishing and what the best options are and what the quality is for each service. Yeah, I mean, there's there's hours and hours of research um, definitely there. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned was um, something that I don't know why it shocked me, but I guess I never thought about. But the 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 book industry is is a at the end of the day a business, which is silly to say, but it totally <laughs> is. Um, and it's 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 honestly very similar to like a music industry, you know, getting a record deal and um, mm-hmm. meaning you know when you get traditionally published. Um, it's very interesting, and I learned a lot a lot about kind of the back end of of what that looks like and what the normal processes are and and um, I also learned a lot about myself too kind of like what what's most important and and what matters at the end of the day um, and what the best option is for me and um, I didn't know that going in I just was kind of like well it's these two options period you pick one or the other and it's not you know there's a lot of you're like I'm either gonna love this or or like it yeah that's the only (laughs) (laughs) yeah but the only two are traditional publishing or or you know try to go that route which is obviously way harder or the Hmm. self-publishing route and it wasn't like a it wasn't like I'm gonna go the self-publishing because traditional is is harder I just learned throughout the process that um uh, if you don't have a uh, kind of a, a name that has weight to it or kind of like an audience of any kind, and if you're just releasing your first book, you're looked at as a risk, regardless of how great or, or how terrible your book might be. Um, because at the end of the day, that, that company, you know, the publisher, just wants to make their money back plus more. Um, yeah. So I learned a lot uh, about that as well, just the industry side. I mean, obviously, I've never published a book. I can't imagine, like, it, it, I can imagine how it could be soul crushing going to a <laughs> publisher. And then they literally, I mean, I have to imagine they will, they will literally put a value on your work saying, like, this is how much we think this is actually worth. Sure. You know, right. It, it, it could be weird. Like, you could go in thinking, I mean, any, if I'm ever going to publish anything, I'm going to go into it thinking, like, this is something I worked really hard on. I'm really right. proud of this. <laughs> and they go in, like, yeah, this is okay, I guess. You know, it's like, ah, sure. That would, that yeah. would kill me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't, I never made it that far or anything. I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, originally when I wrote the book, I, I totally wanted to go the traditional publishing route. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I spent about a month or two really uh, finding literary, literary agents that I think would be good picks um, that, that, resonated with me in some form or fashion and uh yeah i mean i i never made it far in that process and it kind of opened my eyes to like wow it doesn't really matter what you think you have or how long you worked on it it's all about a dollar bill which again totally makes sense i mean it's an it is an industry but it it kind of sucked because i went i don't look at my book as 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 a paycheck i look at my book as something i poured two years of my life into and mm-hmm. something i'm immensely proud of um so it's it, it totally was difficult getting no's or like you know thank you for your time you know it that sucks 
it, it wasn't soul crushing, but it was eye opening. <laughs> okay. Um, definitely eye opening for me because I I kind of went in very arrogantly, arrogantly like, oh yeah, people are gonna love the you know this is gonna get published, no problem. And then I kept getting no's, and I was like, wow, okay, well maybe maybe I should realize my place as a as a writer currently, <laughs> and and do what needs to be done. So. I, I'm going the self-publishing route, and honestly, especially for my first book, um, I'm really I, I'm really glad I did, um, because like I like I said, I kind of learned a lot about myself, and 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 also, I like that I had to get out of my comfort zone and learn a ton of things I knew nothing about. Just in general, mm-hmm. I really like that I that I have a a much you know much stronger understanding to to the book industry as a whole, but also the process of self-publishing and the, and the, the blood, sweat and tears that go into that. We mentioned something along the similar line last week and how it can be super helpful knowing every side of the same coin when it comes to any given industry, especially with like entertainment in general, where it's like, yeah, you can know like the corporate side of it and like the business aspect of it. And then also the creative side of it. And it helps to know both sides of those, you know, the same world. Uh, Absolutely. It can, it, I mean, even it, obviously it can help you understand like how to improve and how to make, you know, more progress in it, but it also gives you an appreciation of what everyone is going through in the same process. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a, a, a way newfound respect for, for writers of all backgrounds and all success levels. I mean, hmm. I, I kind of, I, I had this mentality of, you know, you go into a library and there's thousands of books, you know, mm-hmm. there's only a handful or a couple handfuls of, of authors that I can recognize their name. But mm-hmm. I mean, even the people who I've never heard of their book or their name, they went through so much to get it on that shelf. And it's not really something I had a perspective of or even thought about up into, up until getting this book out. You're mm-hmm. totally right. I, but also it's uh, i'm sorry i was gonna say uh, go it's also great to know all sides of the coin because you're just more prepared overall mm-hmm. for any yeah, kind yeah. of situation you know so you can benefit knowing that you're getting the best deal or you're going the best route or or whatever the case may be so that's also great knowing the, the, the coin from that mm-hmm. perspective too going back to sort of like the value thing i was talking about earlier too it's interesting like working with a number of youtubers and content creators and stuff like that in general where I, I always ask them the same thing where it's like, all right, who's your target for this? Like that, cause a lot, I don't know how many times I see people. Cause I, I go through, uh, like the different subreddits and things like that for like YouTube yeah. startups, small YouTube channels, small Twitch streamers, things like that. And, you know, I reach out to them like, Hey, I can help you with this, you know, whatever. And I, I always ask them like, who's your target? And like, I'm just trying to, you know, grow my channel and you know, I, how do I get more subscribers and, more comments and more interaction in general. And I'm like, we need to understand like who you're trying to target with this content. I mean, it's like, obviously as long as you're having fun and you enjoy doing this, keep doing it. Like, don't tell, don't let me come in here and step on you saying like, (laughs) Oh, you need to know everything. But like, it's one thing like I've noticed with a lot of people, especially in like making posts in those uh, communities where it's like, how do I grow? How do I get more subscribers? And it's like, what are you, bringing to the table is part of it which sounds kind of cold and i don't really mean for it to be sure but at the same time it's like 
you have to understand how saturated <laughs> yeah. YouTube and Twitch and Instagram and like books in general, like entertainment as a whole in general, how saturated it all is, especially since the pandemic. And obviously even before that with like YouTube and Twitch streaming, which is a bit more up my alley where it's like, there are so many people who yeah. are streaming the exact same video games and the same content on Twitch. There are so many people uploading, you know, generic quote unquote generic gameplay and just yep. talking over it. It's like, how are you standing out? What are you bringing to the table that other people aren't? And they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm like, that's, that's what's going to help you grow is having something unique that ha- helps you stand out. And understanding the industry as a whole as well can really benefit you in, in your growth. Definitely. And I feel like I, it's interesting to see uh, going like, like I said, and anything the number of people that go into it thinking as long as I work hard and put time into it, I'll succeed. And while that definitely has an effect on it, it's not the only thing going into it. I feel like it's, you know, like I can, <laughs> I can run for hours on end. It doesn't mean I'm going to be, you know, better at sprinting than professional athletes, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot is understanding what it is you're doing. You're and I totally- think I think that's kind of what I was trying to circle back around to earlier with like understanding the industry and how to publish and, and things like that and how to pick. Sure. Yeah. You're totally, totally accurate. Um, and also, you know, not to, not to derail too much, but kind of mm-hmm. like what you said about YouTube and Twitch and that's kind of like your realm. And um, you have people asking like, how can I be successful? What can I do? You know, I think something that not a lot of people account for is the evolution of everything and this is from books Mm -hmm. all the way to youtube you know when i was in high school um i i spent a lot of time on a youtube channel uh making you know like my own making content and editing and and everything and um i put a lot of focus into it um and back then we're talking like 2012 back then you just had to have really catchy thumbnails and really good titles and playing relevant games uh, if you're a gaming YouTuber like I was, but but it's so far past that, and mm-hmm. there's definitely channels. It's so far past that now. There's definitely channels from 2012 that are still absolutely popping, and it's because they they understand that people evolve, the website evolves, and if your content doesn't, then you never will either. And yeah. I think that evolution is something as a creator that that just totally isn't accounted for when when people ask that question, you know, um, because now there's so much off of YouTube and off of Twitch that you have to do as a creator. Yeah. That just wasn't a thing back when I was, when I was doing it. I mean, it was, but it wasn't really, you know, I would share my link on Twitter. You know, that was the, Mm -hmm. that was the majority of my, of my advertising or my, my marketing. But now it's like <laughs> you have to make TikTok clips. You have to do this, 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 this. And if you're not, then you're never, you're never making that next step. So evolution is huge too when when trying to be successful. I think it's like I actually take pride in that. Like back in the day, <laughs> how much extra effort I put into like YouTube. Like I'm talking like 2008, 2000 between That's 2008 awesome. and like 2010. Like we had our, our group YouTube channel that I was in charge of and they, they we'd use like Dropbox, they'd send me clips, I'd edit and upload and everything like that. We had our own website, we had our own socials that I would post to and stuff. Like 
the first thing we did was like get a I forget what we used. I, I didn't use like a paid thing. I think it was like Blogspot or something we used yeah, at the time, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah sure. And like before we even started the YouTube <laughs> channel, like I had all of the socials and, and the website and everything made up. That's awesome. And then we launched them all simultaneously, which is what we did with the Digester Productions brand. I built yeah. the website. Uh, we got, I made sure I got all the socials and stuff locked down. Then we started the YouTube and the podcast and everything like that. And it all happened at the same time. <laughs> and then anyone that's been following us for any length of time knows I immediately get bogged down because I'm the type of person where I just keep coming up with new ideas and projects and working on them. Yeah. So like the YouTube has fallen by the wayside to say the least. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'll come back to that if I feel like it. Uh, and like writing is now more at my forefront working with other people, helping them get started and helping them understand like the marketing side of it is sure. way at the forefront. I mean, the podcast is the only consistent thing that's been going on from the start uh, with this project at least. And it's sure. But yeah, it, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting just the, the way a lot of people approach things. I know like one of the big things, what was the, uh, like rooster teeth, they're going yeah. through some hot water right now. I, I was, I saw that pop up in my Twitter feed that they were huge back in the day for like red versus blue and like their achievement hunters, stuff like that. I don't know if you followed them at all or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely familiar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I remember, I don't know how many times I'd see people like, oh, how do I get a job doing this? Like working as a content creator for them or just in general. And I don't know how many times I've seen it, It's like, oh man, I want to be a YouTuber full time. How do I do that? It's like, you got to treat it like it's a full time job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if I went to my, my actual job, I was like, man, how do I do this full time? And I showed up for an hour every day. They would fire me immediately. Like, yeah, sure. It's like, sure. that's how that's how you get this as a full-time career. You make it your full-time career and you put the work in. Totally you know, true. It, it's for a lot of, for not just YouTube, for a lot of things. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta work for free for a long time. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're like, you know, super, super lucky, which is fantastic. But chances are. Uh, you got to work for free for a really long time. Um, which is why like chasing your passions and putting all your time into something, I don't think is, is time that is wasted. Even if, even if you're not a a millionaire because of a YouTube video, I, I think, I think just the process of you as a creator, uh, doing what you enjoy and having an outlet, um, is is also rewarding so i mean you know years from now if nothing plays out and it's all kind of like you know a a way you look back and look at all the content you made i think i think you i mean i don't i don't know you personally but i think if i you know me looking back at the youtube videos that i made and on all the time that i spent on those for for no money whatsoever (laughs) and i've spent hundreds of hours on it um i look back at it as a as a positive thing because I yeah. was at a, I was at a, I was at a uh, very unique time in internet history doing something that I love doing with a, a mm. lot of cool people. So you got to find the positive. But I, I don't remember what my point was to this. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it happens. I, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Well, it's just like like I said, in a lot of those cases, those the people that are like, how do I turn this into a full time job? I, they enjoy it because it's not their full-time job. I feel like too, and they don't realize it at the time. Sure. How many times do you see these full-time content creators or like video games in particular? Like, I don't want to sit here and play video games eight hours a day to get the content sure. I need to upload for a 10 minute video and yep. then do that four or five times a day. Yeah. 
if, <laughs> if you're so many... if your favorite hobby turns into a job, it can quickly uh, not be your, as enjoyable as it used to be. Sure. The trick is finding out how to keep it enjoyable. 100%. And that is, that is a very tricky answer to find. That's the real reason I never became a professional soccer player. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's not the lack of skill. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's because I didn't want to ruin my hobby. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. If I, I wanted to, I could be out there on that pitch with all of those guys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Three seconds in, I'm laying on the ground exhausted because some guy <laughs> like shouldered me to the ground. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I want to talk about it or not. Did you did you see only because I brought it up previously? Did you see the drama surrounding the whole rooster teeth thing that popped up? I have I have yeah, I've I've read a, a little bit on uh what happened this week, uh or, or last week. Yeah. Um I also know that it's not their first time, unfortunately, too, that you know things have happened. Yeah, I you know, not, it's it's just go ahead. I was gonna say I I have not watched a single video of theirs in probably five to eight years sure <laughs> and i don't know how this popped up in my feed but immediately i was like oh man like i i saw the last time like a couple a year or two ago maybe when they were in some hot water for like racially sort of mm-hmm. motivated things i don't know the full story at this point but they weren't treating you know uh people with the respect that they needed and they were, they were kind of racist towards them they weren't paying them as much or something and then now recently it comes out that they're you know, they, they had this whole thing where it was like, oh, we got to be better. We got to treat people better. And now it comes out that they're like, oh, we haven't been paying employees some cases at all. Uh, sure. We haven't been treating people with respect. We've been tr- calling people slurs and things like that. And it's like, man, it's not a good look. Yeah, not a good look at all. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with all the drama that's been going on with them. I couldn't tell the you the names decade. of anyone working there currently. <laughs> I, I don't think I could either. Um, yeah. But but it's it's always a real real bummer um, when you find yeah. out that something you once really loved and looked up like the people you looked up to mm. kind of suck, you know. <laughs> that's that's always like a really that's a that's a really uh, bad on, realization. On both fronts too, because like from a business perspective, it's like it sounds like they were cutting corners trying to pay yeah. pay people, and then with the whole HR thing protecting the company. But right. then on the other side of it too, it's like they just treated people like garbage. Yeah, like, that's man, a, that's you guys a bummer. Really got the worst of both worlds here. Yeah, on. for real. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah, it, it's bad. It's it's bad. And like I said, I I've not kept up with them at all. But the fact that it popped in my feed, and I've literally been sitting here the last I don't know how many days now, just yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna go to their subreddit and see what's going on. Yeah, it's like every <laughs> few minutes, it's like another person has come forward. Wow, another person has sure. come forward. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, that's I mean, this, that's good that. That's good that that's happening. Then, if you know, if there's if it's factual, it's good that that's coming out. Um, there, hopefully, they put out a response a while back uh, about it too, and they're like, "Yeah, this is you know, we apologize. This happened. We're we're working on, it, but we're not going to comment on a lot of things." And mm-hmm. uh, a couple of people put out responses like that were non-apologies to say the least. Sure, it's like, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I was I was a bad person at times, and you know, it sucks that this happened. It's like, well, that's. Not a very good uh, apology. To say the <laughs> it's least. not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's it's weird to me. I I don't know. The I just can't imagine like working in a place like that, like having the hindsight. You know, I, I imagine so many of those people got there thinking like, "I've got my dream job." Dream job, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
only to be like, oh, I've landed in hell. <laughs> it's devastating for sure. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. That had come up and it's been on my radar for <laughs> like a week now. And I'm like, holy crap. Sure. It's worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back to the actual topics at hand. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you, do you have like a, like a plan now with the book being out? Like, are you, do you, you looking at like future publishing, uh, like different books, things related to this project, other projects, things like that. Do you have like a plan going forward? Uh, sleeping for one is, uh, okay. is high on the list. Uh, <laughs> that's my plan every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at some point. Lucky you. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, in, in all seriousness. Yeah. The, the plan is, is to kind of let the initial honeymoon phase kind of settle, you know, once everybody, mm-hmm. uh, that's been waiting for it gets it and, and the reviews kind of slow. I mean, the, uh, the interviews kind of slow down for it, you know, once things kind of settle, um, mm-hmm. I, I plan on, I plan on, um, definitely still it's something i'm 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 really proud of um so regardless of what project i move towards next or plan on moving to next it's always something that i'm always going to um mention and and bring to people's attention that that exists um to answer your your, your question though um this is i guess uh breaking news in january i i do plan on starting my next novel it's it's not an it's it's not related to this book at all um just an mm-hmm. independent story i've been sitting on um and that second novel i plan on uh hopefully you know going the traditionally published route and, and using mm-hmm. in the sight of sound as as more of you know something on my resume that i don't have currently yeah. um so yeah in a couple months just starting up book number two is the plan I don't know if that was the answer you were looking for, but that's what's no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the awesome. timeline. Yeah. yeah. That actually almost circles back to what I talked about earlier about having a, you know, project that people can refer to. Sure. As a, yeah. you know, example of your work. To, yeah. 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 Things like that. You're totally right. Awesome. Yeah. That's, you're gonna have two books out before I finish laying the groundwork for whatever <laughs> story I may or may not even publish. Catch up to <laughs> me then. You got time. Yeah. yeah. No, I, <laughs> Like I said, I am, I'm definitely one of those people where I feel like I'm autistic at times where it's like, <laughs> literally like I'm sitting here like, all right, how does the government work in this world? How, how they, what's the religious structure? Like, you know, like I know I have come up with like the types of fish living in the different river. Like it. Yeah. I am. I think, I think you're just passionate too deep. <laughs> I feel like all I'm right. in a cult of my own creation and I can't get out. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think you're just passionate. Yeah, no, it, I I really enjoy world building more than anything. I think that's why it's not about getting the story in place right away for me. It's it's literally like I just enjoy coming up with ideas and creating things, which is probably Absolutely. why I like working with other people so much. Where it's like, sure. I don't even care what content you're putting out. It's like I I'm happy to help with it because <laughs> it means I get to like flex my creative muscle as best I can yeah. and do what I can help out. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. There's definitely something and there. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, Oh God, what kind of trees are in this region? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, carnivores. Carnifer- yeah, car- carnivores. Yeah. How uh, many seasons? Conifers. Yeah. Just yeah. all these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great because Josh, once uh, you do get it out, I think it's going to be really, really great. Yeah. Because At least I'm not people. going full Tolkien. And like, I need to come up with languages. I need, 
Well, at this rate, you'll get there. (laughs) It's not going to happen. I I refuse. (laughs) I I will not feel that. Well, I'm glad you, you know, your limits then. I do. Yeah. That was a thing. (laughs) I knew that no point was ever planned to do something like that, but I was sitting here thinking the one day I was like, how, what, how do I implement like a, like a different language into this? Cause there's different like races and things like that. Obviously. Sure. How does one implement different languages without having to sit here and come up with a different language? I was like, got it. It's just English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it could be, it could be, it could be different um, accents of English, you know, like we have now. I suppose. Yeah. South, Southern, Northern, you know. Sure. Yeah. Did you do like, here's the question. Did you do a lot of research for the book on things you might not have had inf- like known about? I did. Yeah. So, my my book, the main character is an FBI agent, and I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that if an F- <laughs> by the chance an FBI authentic. agent, right. it, yeah, yeah, if an FBI reg- agent read this, I didn't want them to be like, oh, that's not how that works. And I'm sure, <laughs> you know, obviously, I don't have insight into every single thing the FBI does, you know, but yeah. um, I I definitely wanted to be as accurate as possible. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's I think I mean literally in every single chapter there's some kind of reference to something that may be just a couple words, but I did hours of research to make sure that it's accurate. Also, another thing I did was picking the location of the book. It starts, I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it is mainly in DC. Um, it does take place a little in, in New York city as well. Cause Carnegie hall and Sergio France is playing at Carnegie hall, yeah. but the book starts in a place called Brantford, Connecticut. I'd never been to Connecticut in my <laughs> life. But what I did was I went on Google Maps and I literally drove around on the map view until I found my location of my of 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 the starting chapter. So it was like little things like that, but all the way up to also like are FBI agents required to carry off duty or you know, yeah. like where do you, where our safe house is located or you know, stuff like that. Um, stuff that I totally did not know the answers for, which I totally could make up, but I wanted to be as accurate as possible. And and I'm sure there's inaccuracies still, especially when it comes to something as high profile in secret in secrecy like the FBI. But mm-hmm. according to Google, <laughs> um, it's it's yeah, definitely research was involved. I I can totally relate to that. I, I absolutely know what you're talking about. Like for me, like it literally like researching types of architecture for yeah. different like regions things like that researching like how the season would be affected by the type of terrain how yeah, that's like, great. wind would mold the rocks and stuff <laughs> like that like it it's too much work but i'm the type of person where i will sit like when my girlfriend's watching something i will come out in the living room and i'll do one of two things either i'll guess the entire plot of the show which annoys her <laughs> because to in my this is this is me being a jerk. In my opinion, I feel like most like Netflix TV shows now are all the same thing to an extent sure. where it's like, it's not, not that it's a bad thing. Right. Right. The, I can, it's written to the point where I can guess the ending and the majority of the plot, but it's, it's that's safe. not the point of the it's show. Safe. Yeah. yeah. That's not the point of the show. It's how they get there. And like the, the theme and stuff like that. So I'm, I don't say it in a way that I, I it takes away from the show. But sure. I'll either I'll guess the plot, the entire plot of the show, and then she'll like I, I'm she'll watch a lot of this while I'm in here working in the office, and she'll come in afterwards and be like, "I bet you think you're real smart, you know." <laughs> <laughs> she'll get all mad, but I'll do that, 
or I'll sit there and I will point out inconsistencies with whatever's happening mm. on screen. Yeah. And then I come thing. back into the office and I sit here paranoid, like someone's going to do that to my work. And I, <laughs> I do not want that to happen. Yeah. No, but, but honestly, someone will. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So like, so like you have to be on top of that. Yeah. So like it, it's literally like the most detailed, minute things. For, for really sure. no reason other than the fact that one person will probably have a fit. <laughs> where I'm like, all right, what type of like clothing would these people wear? Like how absolutely like how does their trading work? Like how would their currencies be affected by like this? And it's like so much absolutely. detail where I'm just like, this is probably unnecessary. But at the same time, I'm like, at least it adds like realism and like life to the world. Sure. Yeah, absolutely it does, for sure. You know, my book, my book's not fantasy. It, you know, it all takes place in, in real life. Um, I should make a fantasy world. Just call it like Washingtonius, D.C. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Save me a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But no, I totally, I totally understand what you mean um, mm-hmm. as far as that realism. You know, another thing with me is I, I didn't want to create a book that didn't feel real in the terms of like, um, how uh, like the president would announce something or how mm-hmm. um, how they would be behind closed doors. Cause the president, a, a fictional president makes an appearance multiple times in the book. And it was really, I went back and I watched, you know, some notable president speeches and I, I kind of went off of that. And, you know, even if someone isn't an expert in politics, they still have an awareness that they can relate to. And I think, I think, it's it's important to acknowledge that in your writing, especially mm-hmm. because uh, people can smell BS really, really well. Even if they're right. not an expert, they can hear dialogue, or they can they can they can read something about you know the way someone walks or dresses or, or dresses or carries themselves, and they can more times than not say oh, that's not really accurate, you know. That is- Excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. So even if it's even if it's fantasy or even if it's set in Washington D.C. like mine, people still relate to things that they know in real mm-hmm. life. So I think it's great that you're doing that. I speaking on the people will point out like BS. There, I don't know how many times I've seen it where I forget it, it's worded different ways every time. But like it's essentially like you can look up to somebody. I'll just use like Elon Musk as an example yeah. for whatever reason. He's people know him. Right. He, a lot of people will look up to him and be like, wow, this guy's a genius with relation to electric cars. He's a genius in like space travel, marketing. uh, What's the other, the boring company, like the tunneling system. Like he's an absolute genius. But then, you know, an expert in electric vehicles will come out and be like, oh, actually, here's all the problems with electric vehicles. Right. And then maybe an expert (laughs) with like space travel, be like, well, here's the problem with the space travel. And then an expert with like tunneling system. Like it's, It's one of those scenarios, like, not that he's not smart. He's clearly a very smart guy. He's an excellent marketer. But, like, it's, it's, and obviously he's an easy target. He's the richest man in the world. He doesn't care what anyone says about him. But, like, it's that sort of thing where, like, people in general can seem really smart about everything until one expert pops up. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, well, okay, they don't know about that. And then it's like, it only takes one person that's an expert in one category to right. like really see like the cracks forming around everything that they could say. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's why I try to avoid when I'm fleshing things out. <laughs> and like I said, I, I thought it was really cool that when you said you went and like drove around 
you know, in Connecticut trying to like figure well, out. Well, no, I did that. I did that on Google maps. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 yeah I right. just, I wanted to make it a real, real environment. Yeah, exactly. I, I think people appreciate that because it really helps them get into the, you know, the universe more. Obviously it's like a real place. Sure. But like, sure. Sure. At the same my, time, it my, helps it feel more real. Universe, yeah. Yeah. But it helps it feel more real. Cause like, Oh, like, you know, like what was the, the, um, the South Park video game. I, I started that up <laughs> like a month ago or so. Stick, of, stick of truth. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah we okay, have both yeah. of them, but okay. uh, it was, it was super immersive. Cause like even just walking through, it's like, Oh, there's like, you know, the drugstore, there's the, Oh you know, sure. Like, yeah. There's the postmark, the <laughs> postmark, the post office. And it's like, it, it's so much more immersive within the world of South Park itself because they've laid it all out. Everything is included. Like they've, you know, everything's fleshed out. I thought sure. it was really cool. And it's like, you're playing an app, an actual like movie. Of yeah. the show. <laughs> but like, I, sure. I feel like that translates into any form of, you know, like media where you Definitely. can insert yourself into it because it's, it has its little like sticking points of, you know, comparisons to either like the real world or like drawing you into something you can yeah, you know, relate absolutely. to. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I was kind of out of questions actually. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to bring up. We're actually just over an hour. No, I'm, I'm all good on my end. I thank you so much for, for bringing me on. Like I said, this is my first uh, kind of marketing step for the book. So yeah. that's really cool. I, I thank you, have, you so much for... Here, I do have one other question. Do you have any yeah. advice to people looking to start writing and publishing a book? Yeah, so that's a, a, a massive question. Yeah. <laughs> right before we wrap, yeah. so lay out your entire <laughs> career trajectory plan <laughs> and how other people can achieve success. Go. You have 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I think I'm, I think my answer is extremely boring. Um, and you know, honestly, it's one that I heard time and time again, it would always make me go, Ugh. you know, it make me roll my eyes. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I finished the book that I looked back and I was like, wow, you know, that would be my biggest piece of advice too. And it's just do it which yeah. sounds so simple and so cliche and basic. But I mean, truly, it took me 26, I forget how old I was when I started. It took me <laughs> It took me like 26 years to write the first page, essentially, you know, technically yeah. speaking. And, and I wish I did it a lot sooner. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you can plan for all day long that will pop up and it will be a hurdle that you weren't expecting. And there's a lot of things that you'd be overly prepared for that will never come up during the creation process and the publishing process. But I think there has to be something said to where like you can plan your entire lifetime and then your entire lifetime's passed. Yeah. I, I think that if you just do it, also talking to you, Josh, <laughs> just <laughs> if you just do it, it will, it will all play out exactly as it needs to. And and that's that's literally my advice. No matter how boring or exciting that may be, you literally just have to write your first book or your first your first page, and 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 then the second page and the third page. You know, it's just doing it. It's a good point. I'm gonna go start my professional soccer career at age 28. That's usually when athletes get started. <laughs> that's their peak. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be a walk on at Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that'll work out well. And they'll be like, 
they'll, they'll welcome me or whatever and i'll be like ah shit i only speak english this is this is not gonna go well i'll be watching the news that'll be uh, actually they, hours they, i'm of sure most of them speak english all these other sure. athletes and other people in other countries are so much sure. better educated <laughs> in multi-language <laughs> absolutely awesome thank you so much man i really appreciate it i had a great time chatting it up Josh, it was a great conversation. Thank you again for having me. Really. I appreciate it. Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone you can go to, to get your book? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's in the site of sound.com. Um, or you can go on Amazon and type in in the site of sound by CJ Peterson, but in the site of sound.com will give you a direct link there. And also a little write up and, and my socials are on that website too. So yeah, just in the site of sound.com and you'll be able to click right there buy the book check the book out uh you'll be able to see my video of of me reading the first chapter my socials everything you need is there awesome and uh you guys can all go check out deadjesterproductions.live it's got all of our links on there as well all of our socials everywhere you you can contact us this has been episode 145 of deadjust productions podcast thank you everyone for listening we'll see you next time bye bye